Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Hey, thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, we have a crazy good show today. But before we jump into it, yeah, no, it's a crazy good show. But before we jump into it, Jimmy, we had oh, brand branded has had the has the privilege, the privilege, privilege Jimmy, which I tell you, privilege, privilege of working with. I mean, honestly, probably one of the most well-known publications in the hospitality restaurant space, Nation's Restaurant News. I think you've seen it, you've heard it, you've read it, Jimmy. It is a fantastic piece of literature, if I dare say. Oh, Jimmy. literature. Well done, Chad. Look at me. Look at me. It was a big <laughs> word. Huh? <laughs> well, Jimmy, Jimmy, Nation's Restaurant News has has partnered with Brand, or we've partnered with them, I should say. And our Boom website, Boom.store, you know what Boom is, Jimmy. It's oh, yeah. The, it's the marketplace connecting buyers and sellers of, of everything hospitality, everything restaurant. Uh, so we have connected with them. They are doing a survey, Jimmy, okay, a restaurant technology survey. Nation's Restaurant News and Boom are doing a survey, Jimmy, okay? And what we're doing, we have we two weeks. Are we doing a survey? We're doing a survey, okay, and we want to find out what operators' goals are in 2023 with regards to technology. So we'll be sending out a survey digitally. You can, you'll, you'll, there'll be a link on our podcast when we release it uh, Tuesday or whenever we release it, whatever it is. But there'll be a link on our website. There'll be a link on LinkedIn. We're going to be sending emails out. We'll be sending out a campaign to over 400 billion operators across the globe <laughs> to to answer the survey. Jimmy, I did the survey yesterday. It's a four minutes. It took me four minutes, and I'm slow. You know I'm slow, and I have ADD, so I was distracted many times. It was a four-minute survey. If you take the time to complete this, this will give us a full understanding of what everyone who's in hospitality's goals are with respect to technology and their tech stack for 2023. So, Jimmy, without further ado, I'm going to let you kick it off. But all I want to say is boom. Oh, I got to tell you, Shatsy, I love it. I love that you took the survey. You're, you're drinking your, your own uh, your own Kool-Aid there, and I look forward to hearing the results. And I think and- our guest our guest is going to love the survey, and I think he should get every one of his 10 trillion customers to, to do the survey. I love that we're playing with big numbers. We got 400 billion uh, restaurant operators going to subscribe. That's not a lie, Jimmy. That's a fact. And I think you just gave Bo some trillion something or other. Right, this is good. Big right, numbers. Listen, I don't want to get into the finance, but I got yeah. Bo's quarterly no, no, numbers. That's our valuation. That's our valuation. Trillion. Customers are trillion. I knew it was something. Four trillion with the valuation. It's a good thing you're the restaurant guy, and I'll I'll, I'll take I'll I'll remain uh, branded finance Who's guy. The finance guy. All right, kick us so off, Jimbo. Kick us off. We're very excited today uh, for the this episode we have a special guest uh he's our friend he's our partner mr bo davis the co-founder and ceo of margin edge and a restaurant guy jimmy restaurant guy we love yes, the restaurant sir. guys yes, there is sir. A still, notable- still a restaurant owner 
a notable disproportion of our CEOs of companies we like to back are restaurant people because the yeah. fact is it's it's great. it's the best training. Listen, before we get started, we're really excited to have you, Bo. We're going to let you jump in. Um, I want to I, I want to just kick into a little bit of our our newest segment, our trivia Tuesday. Okay, being that our podcasts are released on Tuesdays, although my partner Mr. Shasberg, you forget that a moment ago, we created uh, trivia Tuesdays, not to be confused with Taco Tuesdays. Um, each every week, we have a fun trivia question about our guests. But here's the catch: you got to wait till the end. You got to tune into the end of the episode to find out the answer. This week's trivia Tuesday, we're going to play the game Two Truths and a Lie. Love that name, Two Truths and a Lie. Shatsy, if you don't know how it works, I'm going to list three facts about our friend Bo. Two I'm are listening. true. Two are true. <laughs> One is false. Here we go. Bo started a business in Eastern Europe to import potato seeds. Fact when do two. I guess? I guess now. Fact two. Wait till the end. Fact two. Bo is a high school dropout. Fact three. Good look. It's impossible. Well, you know, he, he may have got one of those just good enough degrees, the GED. Just, just, just good enough. Anyway, fact three. Bo got the idea for his conveyor belt sushi restaurant while living in Tokyo. Three good facts. Business Why not? I know it's false because I know I personally gave him the idea, Jimmy. Important <laughs> high school dropout, conveyor belt idea generated in Tokyo. There's a that's a mouthful. Stick around for Trivia Tuesday. Shatsy, what do you think? What do you think, man? What do you think about all this stuff? I gotta tell you, I'm I am super excited. I know, but I mean we'll we'll wait until the end to to find out. But I know that I gave him the idea for the sushi thing. All right, well, we'll, we'll find out later. Bo, listen, we're going to let you take the lead. Please give us a little introduction or a little background about yourself sure. and truly your, uh, your, your company that is just making just great things happen for operators, for our in industry, Margin Edge. Thank you. Well, thanks. And first of all, thanks for having me. Longtime listener. Love the show. I appreciate the invitation <laughs> to be here. Very excited. Thank you. Um, yeah, so just the, the short background and, and – uh, it's going to drop hints, I guess, for the two truths and a lie. But uh, so I, um, I uh, came out of the college and um, went into software originally. So I had a philosophy major with, with a not so great GPA and couldn't get a job. And so because I couldn't get a job, I, I uh, started my own company, right? And um, started an ed tech company uh, called Prometheus. Um, grew it over about five years, sold that in 2002. Uh, to a company called Blackboard, and then took a few years off, moved abroad, uh, lived lived in some other places, um, ended up in London, did graduate school in London, and then uh, came back to the U.S. and got into the restaurant business from London. Uh, in 2005, opened my first restaurant, and over the next 10 years, I opened a dozen restaurants all over the country, Boston, California, Texas, Florida. Uh, so got lots and lots of hands-on experience. I'm not a restaurant owner that you know put a little bit of money in and called myself an owner. I was an owner-operator of a, of a dozen places all over. And then um, 20, so did that for 10 years. So that's 05 to 15. In 15, I still had two restaurants and uh, converted to Margin Edge, started Margin Edge. And I've been doing that for the last seven years. One restaurant died in COVID, sadly, rest in peace. Uh, one survived. So I'm still a restaurant owner of one place here in Northern Virginia where I'm based. And uh, primarily focused on margin edge. That is awesome. And thanks for that introduction. Uh, Bo, you know what? We're going to take a deeper dive into margin edge. But first, let's take a deeper dive into Bo Davis. Who uh, is scary. Bo scary. Davis? What makes Bo Davis tick? You said that you started out, you had an, ed, an education technology company you sold for over a billion dollars. I think you said something. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> a company called Blackboard. Uh, so you had a tremendous amount of cash in hand, and you're saying, what do I do with a billion dollars right now? And you spent some time with the Peace Corps. You went yeah. 
and traveled abroad and you were with the Peace Corps, a billion dollars in your pocket. You travel the world <laughs> in the Peace Corps. Tell us how you go from a billionaire in the Peace Corps into the hospitality business and opening all these restaurants. Tell oh, us how you do Oh, this is yeah. Shatsy's uh, poor imitation of Fraser Crane's. Uh, he's okay. listening. He's listening. Okay. So, yeah, slightly off the billion dollar estimate, but, yes. but, but you know, that general but not direction. Much, but not much. That general direction, let's call it that. Uh, yeah, Peace Corps, a couple of years with my wife. Still wasn't sure. We're going to get a call from the IRS, by the way. Wait a minute. Billion dollars. Luckily, I was in Eastern Europe, so it was fine. They weren't busting me. Uh, So, yeah, I moved to London and actually went to graduate school. And so while I was in graduate school, this is going to sound like a bad joke, guys, but while I was in graduate school, you know, I was a tech entrepreneur, never worked in a restaurant in my life. I made friends with a lawyer and a banker, an M&A attorney and a Goldman Sachs banker. Music to Jimmy's ears. And the three of us are hanging out in London, doing our master's in finance and trying to figure out what we want to do to start a company. And we keep eating. Well, shit, I'm going to give away one of my two truths of mine. But we keep eating in a comparable sushi place. And uh, and the fucking lawyer is like, we should do this. We should take this restaurant concept to the United States. And the banker and I are like, why would we do that? We don't know anything about the restaurant business. Why would we, why would we go into that? And uh, long story short, the lawyer talked us into it. We hired the executive chef from London, a place we really liked, a place called Itsu. Hired the executive chef, brought him to DC, and in 2005 opened our first place at, uh, in Farragut Park near the White House. Um, yeah, and so then I was in the restaurant business. The banker uh, stayed for about a year and then went back to banking in Europe, and the uh, M&A attorney lasted. He stayed about six months, and then he actually went became a professor of law. He's actually at Berkeley now. So he's done very well. And we stayed, we all stayed friends and partners, but uh, I tell people I was clearly the least intelligent of the three because 17 years later, I'm still in the restaurant business. So. Ah, that's a great story. I love it. I love it. Bo, unbelievable story. I love it. And you still didn't give us the real, the real story about that uh, billion dollars in your pocket peace corps, but we'll, ta- we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Fair enough. Left the country with a bill, came back with something less. Okay. Well, I will say when I started the restaurant, the, the the thing everybody told me was the best way to make a million dollars in the restaurant business is start with two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the, the the owner of the boat, the uh, two best days yes. of boner, they buy the yeah. day I sell it, right? Yes, boats, right. airplanes, and Broadway That's shows. It. Okay, listen. Bo, we can't always be the first one to break news. But – if, if, if it's the first time we're talking about it on the podcast, well, we kind of take it and say, yes, we're breaking some news. So here we go. There you go. All right. There you go. Very exciting. Fresh off the presses, if the presses were uh, from December, Marginez <laughs> just landed $45 million in a Series C, which closed all right, this past December, but it's breaking news right now. What can you <laughs> share about the news? I love it. News. The what good news is, Jimmy, news? we, we yes, haven't sir. spent it all yet. We haven't spent it all, so it's still news. Thank it's goodness. still in the Thank bag. <laughs> yes, very good. And, uh, tell us about the raise. Congratulations. Yeah. And what are the plans to deploy this capital? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, the look, you, cast, by the way, in this environment, yeah, Jimbo. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. As you know, it's it's a tough time to be raising. I uh so the Washington Business Journal, the local newspaper where we are, had an article this weekend that I saw that said Q4 VC uh, raise in D.C. was down 70 percent year over year from a billion to 300 million. Uh, and it had margin edge as a call out that we raised 15 percent of the capital in the whole D.C. market last quarter, which is pretty wow. disturbing. It's pretty disturbing yes. when you think about it. Right? Like, <laughs> I think it's shit. cool, man. Well, it's a small pool to have been swimming in. Let me put it that way. Um so yeah, no, is it look, it's a tough time to raise money, but at the end of the day, you know, I think I think one of the things you guys have said quite a bit is um 
COVID didn't necessarily change everything, but it accelerated an awful lot of things. And so similarly in the VC market, like it's still about core fundamentals. Is the business strong? Is it scratching a need, right? Is it, did the economics work? And finding an investor who really likes and knows the space, right? Who understands how big the market is and how much impact we can have on it. And so, and so that's what we did. We're, we're super excited about the lead in our group is a company called Ten Coves, a, a venture capital firm called Ten Coves, who's invested quite a bit in the restaurant tech space, as you know. So yep. super excited to get it done. Um, and as far as deploying new capital, um, you know, we're not pivoting, we're digging in, you know, where we are here to help restaurant restaurateurs operate and make their back lives a little bit easier, uh, you know, solve some problems for them so they can focus on their customers and their food. And so we're going to do more of that. We're continuing to grow. Our product team is now, you know, we, we wrote most of the core product with five people and now we're growing it to 45 people in dev. You know, our sales team was a handful of people for a long time. We're, we're now at about 50 people there. So we're just, we're building out the team. We're going to market and we're pretty excited about that it. Is, we're, that is awesome. And I got to tell you something. We love breaking news. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, guess what I've got? I got a little more breaking news. I don't even think Bo oh. knows about this breaking Uh-oh. news. Uh-oh. Got, so Margin Edge <laughs> has always so primarily, I mean, it's it's restaurants. I mean, I mean that's that's the market you are primarily focused on is restaurants and selling to restaurants. But new this year, Margin Edge sales team will not only be selling to restaurants, Jimmy. They have announced breaking news, Jimmy, wait for it. They will be selling to accountants that work with restaurants. So now <laughs> accounting firms will now boom, be a new vertical. Boom, your head just boom, exploded, boom, didn't boom. it? Boom. <laughs> a new vertical for Margin Edge. They will be selling accounting firms that sell to restaurants. So all the accounting <laughs> firms out there, if you have restaurant clients, my advice, you better reach out to Margin Edge ASAP. So that is big news. Bo, what can you tell us about this, this new idea and this new vertical? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where we were doing it before, not really realizing we were doing it because it wasn't intentional. But but bookkeepers and accounting firms working with restaurants found the software super helpful because it basically takes out part of the headache of just capturing the invoices, getting them into accounting, tying in point of sales, getting that into the accounting system so they can focus on the higher value things that they do, the cash flow management and, and the strategic stuff. And so... Uh, we found that that some of our biggest clients were actually firms like uh, Kitchen Sink and CFO OneSource and folks that would bring, you know, 100, 200 restaurants to us. And so uh, we got the brilliant idea since our biggest clients were accounting firms and maybe we should try to find some more of them. So yes. uh, we uh, we now are going out and talking to those firms and, you know, basically putting together a package where it's it's really specialized services and support because they do have they do have a set of needs that go beyond just the day-to-day restaurants, the, you know, one mm-hmm. to five unit groups we normally work with. But um, but we're super excited. I'll give you an actual piece of news that we haven't dropped yet. You want a, you want a piece of news? A, a, a <laughs> yes, of breaking news. Any more more right. breaking right. news. Right. You, ready? you ready? It's clear. What both saying is the stuff we just shared wasn't breaking. He's going to give us some news. <laughs> All right. He's give it to us. Breaking on top of breaking. How about that? It's like waves of breaking news, guys. So end of your seat. So we'll be announcing shortly we're, uh, we're launching Canada. So we did a French version of the software so we can support Quebec. French support of invoices, all of that stuff. And we're doing a full sort of national push into our friends to the north. So that's. And how do you say margin edge in French, Bo? Oh, shit. I don't know. There you go. I was waiting for something there. Okay. Margin edge. Margin edge. I'm pretty Watch sure we're going to offend any, anyone and everyone yes. in Quebec if we try this. So let's yes, maybe. Bo, I promise you do not want to hear uh, Shatsy's French accent. <laughs> we're like, 
It'll sound like every other accent. It'll sound like every other accent, which is some butchered London British Australian. Yes, there's this that's see, French accent. Let's see if you guys can close down the entire market before we get yes. there. Let's yes, see if you can yes. do that for me. What I would say <laughs> is above the border, north of the border, Brandon has some wonderful relationships sure. among the nicest and some of our fastest growing companies are north of yeah. the border. So we are I thrilled. Just, thrilled to welcome you or have you speak to some of our friends uh up up north i just listened to your brizzo podcast i'm a big fan of those guys that's what i was thinking about all right brizzo yep. get ready margin edge is coming to town they could use a chaperone uh so uh, so we look forward to it listen a big part of branded's thesis uh, and this has been since day one is that we like to work with companies and support and and boast about companies that are operator centric. And what we mean by operator centric is they really need to truly be solving the most pressing issues, challenges, capturing opportunities, addressing problems that are facing restaurants and operators. Not the stuff that's peripheral, not the stuff that's nice to have, the stuff you need to get done. So we find that companies are most successful doing this, and going back to your earlier introduction, when they're founded by or supported by so, you know, other founders. And that's you. I think what makes the restaurant industry stand out among others is really just the, the workflow and the grittiness um, yeah. that comes from one cutting their teeth, um, working on a floor, working back house, front of house, or working in the store. So Bo, as someone who has worked across industries, can you share your thoughts on why the restaurant tech industry is proving to be more resilient than let's say the broader tech market? Yeah, um, you know, I think there's a, I think there's a couple answers. I think one is one is the emotional answer, which is like, you know, your point about grittiness specifically. Restaurant tours, um, in my experience, are people who have worked very, very hard to get where they are. Right? They're small business owners that have fucking put everything they can into it to get to where they are. And so, in order to, and you know, to get that far, you just you have it all on the line, and you don't take no for an answer. And so, when you look at COVID and everything that's happened over the last two years. They simply don't give up. And so, um, you know, the grittiness is, is certainly there. I think from a technical answer, a VC answer, it's a little bit different. I think from the VC point of view, the industry is late to adopt technology, but it's a giant industry. And so there's still a tremendous amount of upside in technology adoption in this, in this area, in this vertical. And so I think the VC market is still, is still interested in it. You know, obviously there's been a contraction, but, but there's still activity, um, yeah. I love it. Listen, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about obsessions. Jimmy's got obsessions. Oh. Shatsy's got obsessions. Bo's got obsessions. I am obsessed with Seinfeld. Everybody knows that Shats would probably have nothing to say if Seinfeld was never created. I would have nothing to say because most of my conversation is just repeating lines from Seinfeld. Jimmy's obsessed with baseball, baseball references. I don't really know if he was a great baseball player, but he certainly loves playing inside baseball. I know that. I know that. We hear that you're obsessed with data. So when it comes to restaurant data, Margin Edge is the source. I mean, you are pulling in a tremendous amount of data. Can you narrow in on maybe one or two incredible data points that all operators should be paying attention to from your perspective over Margin Edge? Yeah, uh, you know, it is funny. It is a ton of data. So we're collecting right now $8 billion a year in sales data from point Wait a minute. Did he say trillion or billion, Jimmy? <laughs> Y'all are killing me. I'm trying to use a real number. Actually, yes. billion. Let him, let him so now, 
you take out all the energy out of a billion. Uh, no, but seriously, eight billion in sales data, three billion in purchasing data uh, from four thousand restaurants. So yeah, it's a lot of information. But you know, the funny thing is, like, people talk about you know, egg prices have skyrocketed, and what does that do to the business? That kind of thing. Those 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 specific data points. But the reality is. Restaurants need their data. The macroeconomic stuff isn't what really matters. What matters is what's happening that's affecting my restaurant. If you're a breakfast place, yeah, that egg number really matters. But if you're a, if you're a dinner place, the steak price is going down is a completely different thing, right? So Margin Edge is all about localizing the data for you. It's what are you purchasing? What did you purchase day by day? And getting that data to be to be real time. Um, you know, just a quick story. So when we started Margin Edge, or sorry, when we started Wasabi, I mentioned it was a banker, a lawyer, and myself. And we all, you know, masters in finances out at London Business School, a fancy school we all went to. And we started this restaurant and we thought we were so smart and how hard could it be? And within days, we realized like this, this business where you have uh, revenue that's changing daily, you got food costs changing daily, you got labor costs changing daily, you got a 10% margin you're trying to hit. You're looking in the rearview mirror at financial reports that are four weeks old or two weeks old. It's crazy, right? It's so much harder than people realize. And so for me, I am obsessive about the data, but it's not the macroeconomic, what do you find in a $7 billion trend? It's my sushi restaurant in Tyson's Corner last year. Sales were up 30%, but the profits were up 0% because the labor and food costs were so hard. We had to ride the heck out of it all year long just to keep cash flows the same. And you as an operator know that's what we're all dealing with. We're watching every penny right now because the inflation is hitting us hard. And so it's that localized data that really, really matters. And that's what I obsess about. I, I dug I, I all of that. It. I dug all that. Particularly, Shats, um, Bo and I say data. You continue to say data, data. I don't know where you get <laughs> well, the data. Is it, is it like potato, potato? Which no, is I, think, I think it's a Yankee thing. It's a Yankee thing. I say data. Okay. The other thing I love is as Bo was talking about the the importance of localized and your data, I was thinking about that that story about two hikers who come upon a a bear in the woods and and one guy's like, um, you know, one guy bends down and puts on his running shoes and the other guy goes, you can't outrun outrun the bear. And he goes, I don't have to outrun the bear. It's got to outrun you. It's about your data. It's about your store. It's about, it's very local, very specific. Okay. Listen. Jimmy, that joke never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. I love it. All right, listen. You heard that before, Jimmy? Heard that? So anyone, anyone who knows me or anyone who truly uh, reads the branded weekend update, um, and I apologize for the length. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, you know that I have a lot of isms, and I love my isms. And it the same takes, jokes. And the it, same jokes. And the same jokes. It takes a village is one of my favorite isms and taglines. Uh, not let perfection be the enemy of good enough is a favorite tagline. Bo, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that one of your infamous isms is we win together. So besides absolutely going to plagiarize and borrow that, maybe with attribution and maybe not, can you talk <laughs> us through the meaning behind we win together? Yeah, I will. Thank you. Um, you know, we started Margin Edge. Roy and myself, my co-founder, started Margin Edge. And, and between us, we had opened about 40 restaurants. And when we started the company, we were both over 40 years old. And, and so we'd been around the block a little bit. And we knew culture was important. And we really wanted to lean into it. And so we came up with what our five core beliefs are, which are have fun, be passionate. We listen, we win together and go big. And specifically on We Win Together, 
and with those, we really, we really have made a point through the years to lean into these. And, you know, everyone has these taglines and it's, it's a personal frustration of mine that I think most companies will publish them and not follow them. So if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you a quick story on We Win Together and how much this Please. really does mean to us. So COVID hit, uh, you know, February, March, 2020. The, uh, the you know what hit the fan. We watched, you know, we're getting daily sales reports from our restaurants. We watched our clients. At that time, we had about a billion six in sales in our clients. We watched it drop to 300 million overnight, right? We all know the story that everything collapsed. Uh, our competitors, I won't name any names, laid off 50, 60, 70% of their staff, companies that had raised tons of money. My board looks at me and says, all right, we need a list. And so I sit down with our team, our executive team, and we draw up a list of the people that we're going to have to furlough. And, and it's hard. And we spend the time. And, you know, right at the end of it, we're like, you know what? We're just not going to do this. We're just not going to do it. We win together. We're just not going to do it. So here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to do the unconventional playbook. We're going to go back to the company and we're going to tell every single employee we're cutting everyone's pay. Software developers, support, everyone's taking a pay cut. We're all going to take it on the chin. And then we're going to tell them, we don't know how long this is going to last. We're sorry. Uh, we'll end it when we can, but right now it is what it is for us to be. We win together. If we're going to put that on the wall, we're going to do this together. And so we did. We went out. Every single person took a pay cut. Now, here's the fascinating thing. And we said, until revenues get back to where they were in February, we got to do this. Here's the fascinating thing. Everyone took a pay cut. The software developers stayed with us. Everyone stayed with us. We stayed through that summer. Our revenue got back to where it was in September. So it was a six-month pay cut. We didn't lose our company. We didn't lose the people. We stayed together. People were more committed to margin edge, even with those pay cuts, than they had been before. At the end of that year, it was the first year we ever won the We Win to get, or Sorry, the um, Best Places to Work Award. So we won it for the Washington Post. We won it for the Washington Business Journal in the year that everyone took pay cuts. Because the reality is, people want to lean in. People want to be together. They want to win together. It's up to us as leaders to really make those hard decisions to make that happen. So. Uh, you know, we're big believers in it. We talk about it a lot, but I thought that was a really good example of us living up to the value, not just printing it yeah. on LinkedIn. Oh, it's a great story. And like you said, it's one thing, you know, t uh, talking the talk and it's another thing, walking the walk. And you guys and uh, prove that, yeah. you know, you practice what you preach, man. That's awesome. I, and here's the thing, how, about me with, how about me throwing out a couple isms there? Practice I, thought, what I thought that was pretty good, Shatzi. And, yeah. and Bo, let, Bo, let, me, I love. let me throw out one more okay. piece, if you don't mind. Please. So like, so then as January came, the following year when restaurants started coming back, our growth rate prior to COVID was 100% year on year. It was 160%. When people started coming back, we grew our growth rate to 160% because we had our team together, right? We did the right yep. thing. And so we were in a good position. Sorry. Because, man, we win together at Margin Edge, baby. I think, look, I'm so glad you shared that story. I have heard and, – and, look, that is uh, – those stories are few and far between, regrettably. Uh, I had heard a similar story – uh, from a, a, a crisis, uh, from a crisis earlier back at the great recession of 08 yeah. and how one of our friends in the market, um, ultimately came up with a very similar decision and the company's success. Um, he attributes it to that sharing in the, in the burden, sharing the pain, yep. uh, but keeping the team and, and what he said, the family, uh, yep. together. Um, so while it's a rare thing, I will tell you, I now know at least now I know two companies that have executed nice. that that together story and in it together, win together, and have come out strong. And clearly, every every indication is the trajectory you're on. Yes, it's all about execution still, but every indication is you're one of the really one of the strongest companies um, in the emerging space. And 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 again, going back to that printing of that round and a, a series C, a series C 
in this uh, environment is a testament to what you guys are doing, and congrats on that. All right, listen, we, um, we started this podcast because Shatz and I um, love talking to people. Clearly, I, I, I do. Um, and, um, and we, but we also realized along the way that sometimes our guests had questions for us. So let's kick off talking back. We offer our guests the chance to ask us a question or two. And as we like to say, Bo, nothing is off the table, and the microphone is yours. Nice. All right, so I went back and I listened to every single podcast you've ever done, and I wrote down wow. every question to make sure I wow. didn't I didn't ask a question twice, because I'd hate to ask a question. That's a guess, to. So I don't know if this is uh, – so, so I don't know if it's interesting, but hopefully it's new. No, seriously, you guys uh, go to every conference on earth. Every one of them. I think the, the conferences in China, everywhere, you're on it. So we are looking at our own marketing plans. Look at that. Holy moly. You tell up our conference schedule for remainder of the year. Um, it's 11 Chats, by 17. It can't even fit on regular paper. Chats, I'm going to show you a picture of your wife to make sure you remember what she looks like. And small print. <laughs> small print. So we're coming up with our, our conference strategy and where we need to be. Tell me. Not including the uh, the NRA, not the National Restaurant Association. Out of the other conferences you're attending, give me a couple that we just we need to be at. Where do we need well, to like be? This. You guys know the world. Shatsy, Shatsy. I'm, sure I'm not sure it's a softball because you got to have to think a little bit. But go I for know, it, Shatsy. Literally, I literally just got my conference schedule. I got to tell you something. I think personally, like I love Mertech. You know, I love food on demand. I mean, I love uh, to list them all, uh, Shatsy. That that makes it too easy. No. I want. And I love I love RFDC, the uh-huh. Restaurant Finance yeah. Development Conference. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to throw in one more. I like the uh, I, I, I really do like RLC, Restaurant okay. Leadership Conference. Leadership, so those yeah. are so those, I'm going to give those. I'm, those are my nice. picks. Jimbo, you have, I mean, you get me go with the same. I mean, we, we love different and that's conferences. Not based on, but, that's not based on alcohol yeah. consumption. I guess I should yeah. have qualified that I want it for. I want to I answer the question maybe a little differently. Um, I, I, I respect your answers, of course, um, um, but I want to answer them a little differently. First of all, Bo, um, we think the conference circuit is a critical piece of, of our um, marketing, our brand building, our, our own customer and client acquisition. Um, it's one of the few times the industries uh, come together as so much is now done over Zoom and video calls. Yeah, and for sure. So we, we, we do love that it's, it's, a, it's moments where people um, do come together and, and a lot of great content gets produced, but, but a lot of great networking relationships get formed. When, when, when we map out our schedule for the conferences, I think about some of the larger shows, some of the smaller shows, everything in between. And the one thing I would say is going back to the, one of my isms or sayings, the five P's, proper preparation, prevents poor performance. When you're going to sign up for a conference, you can't just wing it and show up and hope good things happen. You That's work fair. hard to get ahead of it and make sure your community, you know who's there, you find out who's attending, uh, who's sponsoring, and do as much prep work and then let the um, whoever you meet at the show spontaneously, let that be the icing on the cake, but not the cake. But, yeah. but I love the shows that are so big. I was like a CES, no disrespect, so big. I find it to be almost in, in, impersonal to the point where it's hard to navigate for me because I really want to dig into the relationships and whatnot. So sure. I love the I love the FS Tech. I find that to be a good size. Winsight does a tremendous job, and Brandon does a big sponsorship. Shatsy said RFTC, whereas FS Tech is a lot of tech. RFTC is a lot of bankers, lawyers, and get ready, Bo, accountants. 
the baby oh, cow, my favorite. RFDC. There you go. RFDC, right. very well run and a great show. And then I like some of the smaller ones, um, you know, some of the executive conferences, because again, the RLC, for example, it brings in a smaller group, still over a thousand people, but it brings in the types of people that are C-suite and would love to speak with you. So thrilled to work with you on, on helping to script nice. um, some of these events. But I think it's a very good place for Margin Edge to go as I believe you'll be well-received, both from operators as well as some of the professional service firms that need to know about what Margin Edge is doing. Yeah, no, nice. Jimmy, it's a great point. And I would just say there are a lot of shows and conferences, and I think a lot of people, we talked about at dinner last night, I think some people get overwhelmed, there's just too many, but you have to be selective and you have to do your homework. If you just, whether you're attending as just walking the show or conference, or you're actually having a, a, a booth or, or a setup, I think if you don't make sure that you do a lot of work before making appointments, knowing who's there, making dinner plans, lunch plans, coffee plans, making right. appointments, then you're just going to spin your wheels. And you're, if you're just going to stand there and hope people come to you, you're going to be very upset. It's too expensive. Yeah, it's too yes. expensive for that. Yeah. For sure. so I already got a couple emails from people just saying, you know, hey, are you attending? Are you attending? And people start really doing their homework. So anyway, happy to share our list yeah. of what we're doing, awesome. where we're going. But it is it, it does take a lot of work. It's not just go yeah. and hope. Uh, anyway, listen, a great question, and I got to tell you, we're going to jump into the food service feud. This is really a terrific segment. Every single week in LinkedIn, we go with a poll, and we ask a fun question to uh, over 300 million uh, different uh, LinkedIn people, and uh, we get great responses. It's just a fun question. Uh, this week, this week, we asked, and I'm going to ask Bo and Jimmy, are you ready to play the food service feud? I'm ready. Get your buzzers, get your buzzers ready, okay? And here we we go and i am going to i'm going to say the same question that we asked over 300 million people out there and the question is what is your favorite restaurant chain's specialty sauce ding ding go jimmy arby's what? horsey sauce arby's is number four bo you can <laughs> steal you can <laughs> steal oh. oh i'm going for chick-fil-a Chick-fil-A, number one answer on the board. Bo is a big, big winner. And uh, number two is in and out spread. And, of course, don't forget Wendy's uh, awesome sauce. How can we set, uh, forget that? But, anyway, uh, Bo, you are the winner. And, uh, nice. Jimmy, what, what do we have for our winner today? Can you want to announce the winners, uh, what, what the winner gets? Yeah, he gets a gift card to Chick-fil-A up on uh, 86th All Street. All right, there we go. $100 gift card to Chick-fil-A. Courtesy of our sponsor, Chico Bail Bonds. Oh, thank you, Chico. A guest appearance on the hottest restaurant tech show on earth. Isn't that what I win? Right. <laughs> uh, well, that is that is that is also that's a price. You can't even put a price on that. That is there you go. You put a price on that. All right, listen, at the top of the show, we talked about our trivia Tuesday. Remember, I gave three facts about bro about Bo. Two were true. One was false. Just as a reminder, Bo started a business in Eastern Europe to import potato seeds. Two was Bo's a high school dropout. Three, Bo got the idea for his conveyor belt sushi restaurants while living in Tokyo. Shats, if you are paying attention, I think you might be able to nail this one. But do you care? I gotta tell you, Jimmy, you know I don't pay attention much, but I think I got this one right. And I gotta tell you, Bo did not get the conveyor idea from Tokyo. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he did not get it from Tokyo. Okay. He was in London or something, right? Well, and I didn't get it from Shatsy, believe it or not. 
And he didn't get it from me either, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to let Bo reveal it, but I, I distinctly heard Bo talk about his collegiate years, his graduate school years, and unless he pulled a George Santos and somehow found a way to get, get into these uh, elite institutions, including one over in London without a high school degree, Bo's going to have to tell us how he did it. That's why he went to Europe. You don't need a degree there. Uh, I, uh, I, am, I am a high school dropout, so I, uh, I got into so much trouble as a kid that I had failed once, and I was about to fail my junior year, and I was like, I'm just not doing this again. And so I left and, you know, in the middle of my junior year or towards the end of my junior year and went to community college, did a couple years of community college, went to a regional college, did a couple years there, transferred to GW. It took me six years to get my undergraduate degree. But I eventually got my undergrad and got got that first software company right. started. So, yeah. All right. Well, there it is. The the, the lie was the uh, conveyor belt sushi restaurant that uh, was not uh, secured while living in uh in in Tokyo. Big winner. Big winner. 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 Chicken dinner. Shatsy, we're teeing you up. I was going to cut the branded quick fire, but our producer said you would never speak to me again. So why don't you roll us into the money segment? Go yeah, ahead, Shatsy. I, I think everybody, I think, Jimmy, a podcast isn't a podcast without the branded quick fire. That's not me talking. That is hundreds of thousands of letters I get each and every day in a giant sack like a letter to Santa Claus. Comes into my office and everyone's like, Shats, you should just spin off this branded quick fire into your own special reality <laughs> podcast. Shats it could be its me. own show. He's it could be its me. own show, the branded quick fire. I'm going to ask Bo Davis, our guest, the founder and CEO, five questions, five lightning round questions. Bo, first thing comes into your mind, you just answer. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Sushi or sashimi? Sashimi, every time. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, going out for Lebanese. Interesting. Yeah. What is your favorite food city in the world? So I mentioned I lived in London for a while. Uh, and while London isn't necessarily known for its food, it has a great food scene. And I really enjoyed that. So I would, I would go. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, we've been there a couple times the last few years. And I got to tell you, and coming on strong, a lot of really yeah. great restaurants there. Where yeah. is your favorite place to travel? Uh, Greece. Love the islands. Who wouldn't like Greece? Yeah, we, did, right, a, we did a sailboat through the islands this summer. That's about as good as life gets. That sounds unbelievable. Here it is. The fifth question, the most dun, dun, important dun. question of the branded question. It's a tricky one. It's tricky. A little tricky. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a snow tube race, who would you have better odds of beating and why? All right. All right. I'm going to go... No offense, Jimmy, but I'm going to go with you, and I'm yep. going to give a good reason. Because people, the listeners may not know, may not be able to see this, but Shatsy has not stopped moving since we started <laughs> this podcast. Literally has not stopped moving. I don't want to race that dude anywhere, anytime. He clearly has more energy than me. <laughs> I I'm already that. gone, baby. I'm already gone. I, I, I'm sure I, respect, I respect the answer. I thought it was I don't, I don't win a lot of these, Jimmy. You this is like one of I thought it was a tricky question because I, I, I would need an, I would need someone to do the mathematical calculation of taking my body weight versus Shatsy's body weight uh, on a tube on snow um, uh, and see which one actually gained more agree. momentum. I would agree. However, however, the real reason I would have chosen beating Shatsy is there's like a sixty percent chance Shatsy forgets the race and doesn't even show up. <laughs> like it just, it just I, I, show I, up. I would Shatsy. definitely if it was. I agree. If it was cold, I'd certainly be at the bar. I'd be at the bar. 
I agree with that. But either way, I I respect the answer completely. Listen, Bo, we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast, uh, for sharing your great insights, uh, and really for the tremendous work that you and your team do um, for the industry, not just during the challenging times of COVID, but really the the value you're bringing to operators, which we continue to hear um, is just amazing. Um, and, and now hearing the story about how your team rallied around and came together and, and stayed together and, and, want, and are winning together, um, it is no surprise to me um, just why your clients and customers feel the way they do about your platform. So congratulations Thank for you. that. Um, if you want to get in touch with Bo directly, uh, you can email the podcast team at, uh, at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make an introduction. Uh, certainly for our friends in the accounting space, you heard it. It's a new vertical. I would tell you, get in touch with Bo because the bandwidth is not unlimited. So I imagine there's a first mover advantage. Get involved, my friends. To our listeners, we know uh, that there are thousands of podcasts, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we value and appreciate the fact that you continue to spend uh, time with us, subscribe with us, uh, and our subscriber base continues to grow exponentially, despite the fact that Chet says there are four listeners. Three of them have the name Frischling and one is Shatsburg. That's not true. But anyway. Uh, Jimmy, um, we're up to six, by the way. That was last week. Excellent. Join us next time as we welcome our friend and guest, Mr. Wade Allen from Brinker International for a super Super Bowl episode. You're not going to want to miss it. And uh, finally, if you haven't subscribed uh, to the podcast, do so so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we have coming up in the future. So, Bo, once again, great appreciation to you. And this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, passing it back to my boy Shatsy to sign us off. Hey, thanks, Jimbo. I got two points. First of all, all everyone, check out MarginEdge.com, MarginEdge.com, and check out all the cool stuff that Bo is doing to help uh, solve your restaurant problems. I got to tell you, great stuff. And last thing, we've got that partnership, don't forget, with Nation's Restaurant News. And we've got the 2023 Restaurant Tech Survey going out starting tomorrow. It will be in the link to the podcast. It will be on LinkedIn. I will be sending emails over three. 300 trillion operators. Uh, everyone, fill it out. Bo, you take it. Send it out to your uh, your restaurant crew. The more data, the more information we find of what's in your tech stack, what do you think of a 23, the better Bo can make margin edge, okay? So, hey, listen, restaurant guy, a.k.a. Shatsy, signing off. Thank you, Bo Davis. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, all. Cheers. Cheers.